Welcome to A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with your host, Angela Jones. Presented by Brighter Day Law, listen to the stories of the people who make Colorado Springs a great place to live and make our world better every day. We want to give back to those who give so much to us. Good afternoon. It's another Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with Angela Jones, sponsored by Brighter Day Law. Today, we're very um, fortunate to have another one of our staff member days. And um, this week, um, we're talking with Shelly Cost. She's our Director of Client Experience, affectionately known as Chief, um, or Chief Heart Officer. Um, Shelly, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. So as um, we've been discussing um, you know, Brighter Day in the Neighborhood is here to um, share with people, uh, you know, folks who um, are in the business that they're in um, as, you know, as helping professionals. Um, and uh, with your job title, and we may want to talk about first what exactly that is, um, with your job title, not everyone would necessarily automatically connect that um, idea with being a helping professional like you would with nurses or would you know you would um, in terms of social work or something along that line so um, why don't we first get into what it is you do um, with Brighter Day Law and okay. then why you do it okay um, I get to um, interact with our potential clients and current clients on a daily basis with our current clients I get to assist them with any kind of um, questions that they may have connect them with staff members who can answer questions that I can and really just kind of oversee the overall client experience to ensure that people are getting what they need, um, whether it be for the duration of their case or, um, you know, just on an immediate basis why they're calling in that day. For potential new clients, um, I have the opportunity to speak with all of them, hear their stories, understand what's going on, um, dig a little deep into their situation to see if that's, you know, a matter that we could assist with. And then um, I have the opportunity to get to schedule them to speak with one of our attorneys. Um, I also have um, the privilege of assisting the staff um, on a daily basis and overseeing any kind of um, need that the building may have and so I get to do a lot of different things but my heart is really in helping the clients and um, specifically uh, our potential new clients. All right well I love that you're using words like I get to I get the opportunity you Mm -hmm. know in the privilege Um, so tell me a little bit more about that like I mean because you know not everybody feels that way about the work that they do that they get to right. um, do those kind of things yeah I I have a heart to help people and um, to see them get out of a situation or to transition out of something chaotic and uh, painful and stressful and so I really do count it a privilege to be able to um, to, to help them on that journey. Um, and certainly, I, I feel that way and I'm passionate about that because I myself have gone through that kind of transition and I have um, seen some very difficult days in terms of my family and um, things that I went through personally. And so I count it a great joy that I get to use um, you know, my testimony and what I went through to help folks who are in that situation help provide hope. 
All right. So do you mind if we delve into yeah, go for it. let's let's delve into a little bit. So when you're talking about, you know, you've been through that type of situation, mm-hmm. um, are you mean as a grown up or as a child? Um, both, actually. So um, I was my parents got divorced when I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade. And um, they didn't have a, their marriage was, it was very broken before they actually made the choice to get divorced. Mm. And it was very apparent to me as a child that their their marriage was broken and um, it was a very stressful environment and the, the atmosphere in the house was just, it was contentious. And it was, to me as a child, it was obvious. And so the choice to get divorced uh, mm. made sense to me. It was a healthy one, I thought, because if, if you're not getting along and um, and there's there's no um, you know there's no agreement in anything, then what is the point in staying together and you know subjecting your children to this if if you can be healthy and happy apart, you know and still co-parent? And so that's what I saw as a child growing up. And then um, I got married very young. I was 19, and um, and then I also had my daughter when I was 19. But my husband and I had a great marriage we had a great relationship we were best Mm. friends um but he was an alcoholic and he went through seasons of Mm. sobriety and um then he went through seasons of of great struggle and um Mm. there there came a point in our marriage where it just wasn't safe for me to be around anymore and so i had to do something i had to act very quickly and um so i had to make the choice to to leave or, or to have him leave essentially. And um, it was terrifying and it was frightening, but I had to navigate the situation. And so my hope and you know what I'm passionate about is hearing these, um, these people's stories, why they call in, when they call in, and being able to um, relate to them in the position of I'm in total crisis right now, but I've been there, um, you know, they're in a position of crisis, I've been there. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity, you know, and that was when I met you, actually, um, Mm. to to get through that and um, to to choose to see that there was hope, even when it was very dark um, and when it was very scary. Mm. um, But I knew that there was better. Well, I think it's interesting because you've kind of brought up two sort of separate experiences mm-hmm. that overlap the work that you do now. Um, and I want, you know, I, I would agree with you. There is a lot of there are lots of times when it is a, an appropriate or good choice to make a change, you know, and in a family situation, sometimes that changes, you know, to separate or divorce or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's real um, telling that you um, as a child, I don't know what how about how old were you? At that I was time? in sixth grade, so I was probably twelve, like twelve, 12 or, or thirteen or so. Mm-hmm. That you know, for you, even to make word choices like that was a healthy choice. You thought it was a good thing. Yeah. Um. You know that your parents, you know, made that decision um, to improve their lives and improve your life and the lives of your siblings. Um. You know, by separating, you know, utilizing the divorce process. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think if they had chosen differently, I mean, you know, like just in terms of trauma impact, things of that nature, do you think if they had chosen differently, the outcome for you would have been different? Uh, probably. Yeah, it, it definitely would have been. I think that I would have, um, I think I would have lost respect for them, to be quite honest. And I think I would have been even more of an angsty teenager. <laughs> but um, 
when something it, it just it was so apparent that it wasn't working and so I think that it definitely would have had more of a traumatic impact on me if they would have chosen to stay together and continue to fight this out mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how different it would be or what my life would look like but it definitely would have impacted me in a negative way for sure so it sounds like you're very thankful that they made the choice and that they navigated that process absolutely absolutely and and even though i know that it was really traumatic and you know i saw my mom in tears at, at you know at different points of the divorce um they both did a really good job of shielding us from the process and shielding us from um, you know the the negative things that they were going through. They were um, they they were there for us, even though you know um, th- they knew that things weren't working out between them. But they they never really involved my brother and I mm-hmm. in the process so much that it became something that was very detrimental to us. So we just kept being kids and kept doing our thing. <laughs> While the grown-ups took care of grown-up exactly. business. <laughs> and that's something that we are we look for and encourage in the families that we work with mm-hmm. as well, is that the grown-ups um, get the support that they need to be grown-ups so that the kids can keep being kids. Absolutely. You know. And then, you know, you said later when you went through the process um, as an adult, you had kids at that time. I did. I had two. And so how did that, I mean, nobody looks forward to, you know, especially when you come from a divorced household Mm -hmm. or a broken household, um, no one looks forward then to repeating (laughs) that in, in, you know, adulthood. But how did the way that your parents handled it, which sounds like very well, inform the way that you were, you know, made choices to handle your situation later yeah. on? Um, I wanted to protect my kids. I knew that no matter what kind of hurt that I was going through as far as my relationship ending, mm-hmm. that that took, it, that was secondary mm-hmm. to taking care of my kids, making sure that they had what they need, making sure that they, um, you know, were, were shielded, in fact, from that process. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to worry about that. They knew that I was there. Um, I had to, I had to act to protect their lives also. I really did. And so, I mean, you were, it, in a, you were in a dangerous situation. I was in a very dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very unfortunate, but um, the grip that alcohol had on my husband was um, unreal. And, like, I don't even know if I have words that can do it justice because it was such a, such a stronghold of addiction. And, um, you know, when he became violent, I knew that something had to change. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, protecting my kids was my utmost concern nothing else mattered and so even though I was hurting inside and you know my marriage was obviously over Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know there was going to be a lot of things that happened after you know I had to you know separate myself I knew that they were my primary concern right You're listening to A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with Angela Jones, hosted by Brighter Day Law. And our guest today is Shelly Cost, our chief heart officer, who we (laughs) lovingly refer to as chief. As chief. (laughs) At least from now on, for sure. We were just talking over lunch about um, doing some special awards around the office, a la the Dundees. And so I think I know what your Dundee's going to say, or your BDs. 
he's going to say this time. <laughs> so, um, getting back to you know your story, and mm-hmm. I know um, uh, you you know, are very interested in other people's story and meeting them where they are. Um, there's other areas outside of work where you serve folks yeah. too. Do you want to talk a little bit yeah, more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So I um, I am a member of Crossroads Christian Center. Mm-hmm. It is a non-denominational multicultural church um, and it's located in Fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I started attending the church when um, when our family was together and we lived in Fountain. We lived in Fountain for 14 years. And so we you're, found... You're a Fountain gal, though. You're uh, from Fountain? Or no, the I'm Springs? from the Springs. I'm from the West Side. West, West Side. side. <laughs> okay. But we moved to Fountain when, um, right before Sydney, my daughter, my oldest, started kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so the goal was, you know, to find um, an area community, mm-hmm. um, you know, with good schools and, you know, and it was the cost of living. It was way cheaper in Fountain. So we found what we wanted in Fountain. Even more so these days, Even right? More, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even sure people from Colorado Springs can afford Colorado Springs anymore, right? Uh, I know that's right. <laughs> okay, so uh, we we moved to Fountain and we stayed there for 14 years, and so we I found this church mm. um, through a mutual musician friend of ours, but that's where I attend, and so I get to serve in um, our music ministry or worship. So I, along with my pastor, lead the worship team. I play the piano. I play keys. Um, and I help vocalists um, every Sunday. Mm. So this is that's really my passion. Um, that is what I feel called to do in life is to lead and teach music and worship. And so uh, this is my creative outlet also. Um, I, I absolutely love it. We, um, like I said, we're a multicultural church. And so this is really... Um, what I had dreamt about being a part of when I was, you know, mm. a little girl and involved mm-hmm. in, in choir and, you know, all kinds of music and church because I feel like it's representative of what heaven looks like and sounds like because Ooh, nice. we know that, um, you know, all tribes and all nations mm-hmm. will be in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's not just one sound and it's not just one color of skin. And so it's very important to me that I get to be involved in something like that here on earth and so um we play all different kinds of music it is we are very intentional about choosing different kinds of music different styles and incorporating that in every sunday it's very important to us that's that's the foundation of our church is you know to be a multicultural church so i heard the other day that i got booted off of a zoom (laughs) and you know this is our new way of of living now, yes. like the Zoom, mm-hmm. the Zoom meetings. That's one good. That's one of the you know good things that we've gotten out of the whole pandemic situation is that ability to to meet together and exactly. spend time together, um, you know, as an organization and and just you know as friends, um, you know, to meet virtually. But I heard when I lost um, oh, when no. I lost my internet the other day up in Black Forest that that Shelly, um, you broke out in a rap. Oh, you know, I was, I, I was just, you know, trying to keep it light. I'm the well, chief heart officer. I got to make sure, you know, people are, are laughing and they're enjoying their experience at work. Well, I'm not going to put you on the spot this minute <laughs> to do that, but I will come back around Uh-oh. to a minor performance here a for minor our guests. Oh, just no, because you do. You have it. You have a wonderful <laughs> voice when you said you're a musician, you know, um, 
you know, a lot of times people think about instruments and Mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, I've always thought, you know, because I've heard you sing and I've heard you play, Mm -hmm. which you're a wonderful um, piano and keys player. And I want to talk to you a little bit about how you got into that. And I know it was from Little. Little. Yeah. Um, But your primary instrument, and I mean that like across the board. I don't just mean singing, but Mm -hmm. I just mean the way that you lift other people up. You know, um, you're an excellent listener, but the feedback that you give to people, I mean, people, you know, come to you for comfort Mm -hmm. and that your your voice is your real instrument. And I, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up like this mutual musician (laughs) um, kind of kind of situation. So, yeah. yeah. So how did you get into music? Did it start with piano lessons it's, when you were little, or yeah, did you sing started, before that? It started with piano. I was um, I was four years old when my mom bought the piano that I currently have in oh, wow. my house. So mm. that is the OG original piano. Been through like <laughs> fifty moves, <laughs> but it up does, the stairs, up the stairs, <laughs> up many stairs. Oh yeah, legs have fallen off, but that um that's the original one and so when i was in kindergarten i started taking lessons and i started taking classical piano lessons and so you know i did the whole recital thing um all you know each year there were recitals christmas recitals and so that's how i learned to play Mm -hmm. and then when um i started going to um more charismatic type churches if you will churches that um, had contemporary worship bands Mm -hmm. um, or worship teams um, I wanted to learn a different way to play because what I wanted to do was play um, uh, spontaneous worship and unscripted things Mm. and so I learned how to play by chords and it was so easy and I'm like why didn't I start doing this first (laughs) from the beginning I'm really glad that I got the theory background that I did because Mm. it, it 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 enabled me to really be in the position that I'm that I'm in now, and so um, I as can, worship leader, as worship leader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and really, you know, what we'd like to do is is have moments in worship that are unscripted, that are not written, and so this enabled me to take all of that theory, um, you know, that I had kind of in my head, and really put it on the keys and mm. transforms and, and transform it into something that was just, you know, spontaneous and creative and in the moment. And so you got to have that kind of background to know, like, what goes with what? Where do I want to go with this? Mm-hmm. And so it gave me those skills, um, you know, to to play in the moment. And that's that's really what my passion is. Um, very interested in writing, very interested in writing worship music and wor- um, music in general. And so I, I have the opportunity to, to get to do that where I'm at. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about this idea of like contemporary and, and how that intersects with multicultural. Yeah. You know, awesome. what type of genres do you incorporate? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So we we endeavor to incorporate anything that that we can honestly mm-hmm. it will take on any challenge but we'll do um uh, worship music and I'm just going to throw out some contemporary names just um, for like a point of reference mm-hmm. like Hillsong or Bethel um, 
uh, who else? Like going back, we got like Chris Tomlin and like the Passion Band. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of like contemporary maybe worship bands, you think mm-hmm. of that, you know, right. and like Matt Redman. Um, and then we also do gospel music, mm-hmm. which and, is my favorite. Yes, mine yeah. too. <laughs> mine too. And so we have this blend. It's like this fusion of a lot of different sounds and a lot of different expressions. Um, if you've ever heard of Maverick, mm, I think that mm-hmm. our worship style um, it, it is similar to theirs in the fact that you will see all kinds of cultures and mm-hmm, ethnic mm-hmm. backgrounds that make up their team, mm-hmm. and they all flow together beautifully. Mm-hmm. There's an ebb and a flow. There's you know an, a give and a take. And um, but they have uh, they've incorporated kind of like the gospel feel and like maybe a more traditional or contemporary sound. So it's really this blend. And that's that's what we're going for. Right. Well, I, I don't know if this is, you know, how you would necessarily see it. But like, I think I'm seeing a thread here between, you know, the work that you do vocationally mm-hmm. and then, you know, this aspect of, of your life, your service, your your is there's this creativity and responsiveness mm-hmm. that's really that common thread Absolutely. you know between the two mm-hmm. and people wouldn't typically think about creativity being infused into an office shop Right, you know, but it's. I mean, we we pivot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we absolutely do. We ebb, we flow, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really that's really um, it's very interesting how like the, you know the art or those expressive arts mm-hmm. um, that we have in our life, and I think all people are creative. I mean, has that Abs- been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. It may not be the same expression that I have, or maybe in the same way, but absolutely, I think all people are, are there's some facet of their being that is creative they might not see it as creative but you know it, it definitely is um, I think another common thread that ties you know my worship life or um, you know my church service life mm-hmm. and my office life is um, there my desire to unite folks and to mm. unite people in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this mutual um, like respect and 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 really I think it comes down to honor. Mm-hmm. I'm honoring them. I see value in them, mm-hmm. no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're facing. Mm-hmm. I see them as valuable, and um, and and I want to honor them. And so, when we're in worship, you know, um, and we want to honor one another, mm-hmm. we give each other place to, you know, maybe take the lead or, right. um, you know, or give feedback. Um, and so I can honor people in my professional life. Um, you know, by choosing to see their perspective or choosing to listen, um, you know, maybe with a colleague or a coworker, and then you know, with clients, it's really, um, it's really about showing this compassion and this empathy, mm-hmm. and you know, some, and we get the opportunity, and this is awesome that I love about um, our job that that y- you give us the creative freedom to really offer words of encouragement to mm-hmm. people. And it, it doesn't have to just be about, okay, here's your case, here's the strategy, but also, like, I care about you. Mm-hmm. 
and I want to see you get to the better you, mm-hmm. not just to the other side of this mm-hmm. case, but there is a fantastic and a bright future waiting for you. Yeah, especially, and I, I would agree with that. I think it just playing on this, or, or speaking to this voice theme, yeah. that that's a big part of our job is to give true voice to where a person is coming from. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people in crisis, they're, they're having a difficult time articulating their true heart. It sometimes comes across as frustrated or angry, um, or they're fighting for their life, and mm-hmm. um, you know, or the things that are most important to them, their children, their yeah. time, their reputation, different kind of things like that, like what they built. Um, but a lot of times, most of the time, we find that the real voice underneath it all is just someone who wants to have peace, who wants to be settled, who wants to um, have hope that there is a better future for them, um, for their family, and you know, for their for their children. Yeah, for generations um, to come, they yeah, want to absolutely. leave a legacy. Absolutely. All right. So I think we just have a few more minutes. If you wanted to treat us to a little. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sing with me. You know I can't sing. Yes, you can. I can try. She don't, do not listen to that. That is not the truth. She can. She can sing. Oh Lord. <laughs> what do you want to sing together? Oh, I don't know. You have to pick. Good um, okay. You so pick something easy, cause what's, what's your favorite hymn? Oh, you know I like uh, I like that. Be be, be thou my, my vision. vision is my favorite. So that's that a toughie. Is, that's a wordy wordy thing. It is. It is. That's what you asked. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to run around like Kurt Franklin. <laughs> That's what my my second favorite is just to run around just, and repeat things. <laughs> you know, we could do that too. I mean, we were practicing our stomp clap in the car earlier, so <laughs> like, we can do that a little bit. You got to you. you got to preaching, <laughs> so I got All to right. stomp clapping. Um, let's see, what could we sing? Do you know um, how great is our God? Yep, I think I do. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? And all see how great, how great is our God. All right. <laughs> You'll have to stay tuned for verse two. Yeah, though. yeah, no kidding. Or, or you can tune in to Crossroads Christian Center. I'm going to put this shameless plug <laughs> in here. You put it in. You Just put it in. <laughs> also, <laughs> so Facebook, Facebook Live, every Sunday, 10 a.m., holler at your people. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, we really appreciate you. Um, we just appreciate you. I appreciate you. I mean, y'all. you know, I appreciate you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That I, I really appreciate your time and um, mm-hmm. your willingness to, you know, share with um, our listeners here today, mm-hmm. um, you know, your heart, your heart yeah. for people. And um, um, we're just so very proud to have oh, you with thank us. Thank you. So. It's really my pleasure and my honor to get to do this with you. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Shelly. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today um, to another episode of A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood. Our guest today, Shelly Koss, a firm administrator, extraordinaire, chief heart officer um, at Brighter Day Law. We're just 
so happy and pleased that you were able to join us today. Brighter Day Law are an experienced and qualified team of divorce and family law attorneys. Their aim is to help you get through that emotional and challenging time of divorce and other family disputes. The mission of Brighter Day Law is to compassionately help families resolve their disputes with personalized legal representation while keeping the best interest of the entire family at heart. Their attorneys handle all kinds of family law cases, including child custody, divorce, high asset divorce, mediation, and alimony. Brighter Day Law, compassionate counsel in dark and stressful times. 225-4493 or at brighterdaylaw.com. This has been A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, presented by Brighter Day Law. Heard every Sunday at 11 a.m. on KPPF, 98.5 FM, 1040 AM, and 95.7 FM. Listen to the companion podcast on Podbean.